Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Lesson this morning is from Isaiah 56, verse 1 and 6 through 8. Thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance will be revealed. And for foreigners who join themselves to the Lord, to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath and does not profane it, and holds fast my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. The Lord God 
who gathers the outcasts of Israel declares, I will gather yet others to him besides those already gathered. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the gospel. to St. Matthew, the 15th chapter. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came down and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall on their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated and we continue with our sermon hymn, hymn 615, When in the Hour of Deepest Need. Mercy be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Thus says the Lord, keep justice, do and do righteousness, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. This is our text. There was a man who he had planned to commemorate uh, the first anniversary of his father's death with his mother. And they had planned to go uh, to the gravesite and get dinner afterwards. 
And while his siblings were invited, they didn't really have much of an interest until the very last minute. And his siblings then changed the plans with his mother, this man's mother, and they excluded this man from the trip. And when the man got there, his siblings silently began to walk to the car, ignoring him. They went with the mother and they had the dinner that the man had planned without him. In that moment, that man felt a very profound sense of loneliness and isolation. He felt all alone and excluded. You know, normally people hate to discriminate or uh, engage in any kind of exclusionary activity. We detest exclusion because it's not fun to be excluded from things, to be left out of a group or to not be invited to a birthday party or a graduation or a wedding of a friend. And a part of being a part of a community sometimes means that there's a cost to the community. Uh, to be a part of a prestigious club or an organization that we want to network in. You know, there's always a price to be paid for those things. You know, it doesn't feel good when we are left out. You know, being cut out of the inner circle or, or, or a clique, you know, brings depression and brings about the feeling that no one cares about you or appreciates you. Loneliness is no fun at all. Today in our Old Testament reading, God brings to you good news that you are his chosen people. You will not be left out. God does not discriminate or exclude anyone, you know, on the basis of race or previous creed or ethnic background. God seeks to rescue the foreigners and the outcasts. Salvation is for all. In the Old Testament, God is true to his covenant promises. And in Isaiah, God had promised that because of Judea's idolatry, he would send them into exile. And this was in accord with the law of Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, that if Israel did not uphold their uh, they're part of the covenant that they would be expelled from the land that was due to their unfaithfulness to God's covenant. And while the northern kingdom was exiled and was not given the promise of uh, a remnant, the southern kingdom was. In Isaiah, God had promised to Judah that he would preserve a remnant that would come back to the promised land. And God would do this not because the, Jud the Judeans were virtuous or because they were good people or because they were deserving to be in the promised land, but because God had mercy upon them and that this is a part of his plan of salvation for all peoples. You know, the Judeans, they didn't do the righteousness that God demands us, you know, clear here in the verse that God uh, commands us to keep justice and do righteousness. The thing is, is they engaged in all kinds of wickedness and oppression. God says of Judah here in chapter 1 of Isaiah, he says to them, he says, Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, offspring of evildoers, children who deal corruptly, they have forsaken the Lord, they have despised the Holy One of Israel. 
they are utterly estranged. And uh, in the chapter after this, in chapter 57, God continues to further denounce Judah's leadership for their wickedness. And even though Judah's uh, wickedness would trigger their exile into Babylon, God here promises that uh, he will deliver the Judeans from exile. And that salvation will soon come for them and God's righteousness will be revealed to them. And he does this. The Babylonians are defeated by Cyrus the Mede, and he allows the Jews to come back to, to the promised land. The fullness of God's promises uh, were not yet fully realized when the Jews returned to, to Palestine. There was something missing here. For God had promised salvation for all here in Isaiah 56. The fullness of God's promises were not fully realized upon the Jews' return to Palestine. God had something greater and grander and bigger in store that was a part of his big grand plan of salvation. And so God sent his son into the world to bring his light to the nations. And Simeon's song in Luke chapter 2 captures that messianic hope of Israel that all nations would be drawn before God. Here, uh, from Luke 2, Simeon sings, he says, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which has been prepared before the sight of every, uh, all the peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and for the glory of your people, Israel. The nations were always a part of God's grand plan to save the world from sin, death, and the devil. And the thing is that even the greatest enemies of Israel, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Egyptians, the Canaanites, and so on, were always a part of God's grand plan of redemption. Salvation is for all. And we hear of this in our reading, uh, God's reading from Matthew. Christ's ministry to the Gentiles. Christ encounters a Canaanite woman who desperately pleads to Jesus to exercise a demon from her daughter. And at first, Jesus reminds the Canaanite woman that he has first come for Israel. For our Lord says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And the woman's response is fascinating. She doesn't disagree with him at all. She does not argue or question or debate Jesus. She knows the character of our Lord. And she knows that Jesus is merciful. She knows that she, a Gentile, is a part of God's grand plan of salvation. She knows from here in Isaiah that salvation is for all, that she is included in that Israel. And note here that Jesus does not say no to her request. He just reminds her who he is and what his identity is and what that means. And her reply to Jesus telling her who he is is a sign here of trusting in God's character when she says, Lord, help me. And with breadcrumbs from the kingdom, her daughter is healed. You know, if this is the if this is breadcrumbs from the kingdom, think about the fullness of the kingdom and the full gifts, right? If this is what breadcrumbs do, think about how great it is when we will all fully experience. 
the kingdom of God. It'll be a grand and glorious day. Now, Jesus comes to bring help and healing to the nations, just as he did with the Canaanite woman's daughter. And we respond to Christ's message just as the Canaanite woman did. Lord, help me. Because to be honest, we need help. Without Jesus, we are condemned sinners. We cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in Jesus. That is just how pitiful we are. But when we hear his words, they kindle faith in us. Even when we feel all alone and isolated, Christ comes to reveal to you today that you are never alone. You may be struggling with depression or loneliness. You may feel that nobody can ever understand you, yet you are excluded from those around you. You may feel that you are not appreciated by anyone. Christ today reveals his salvation to you, that you are his treasured possession. He bought you with a price. He chose to die for you. That God in the flesh chose to experience the most humiliating and torturous death on the cross for you. And not only that, that he experienced uh, the most significant, profound loneliness you could ever experience. And this loneliness was the result of his heavenly father forsaking him on the cross turning his back upon his son and pouring out his wrath upon him. And he experienced the totality of the father's wrath. The father who enjoys eternal fellowship with his son for a moment in time, that his son felt the greatest loneliness one could ever experience as his heavenly father poured out his wrath upon him. Jesus knows what it feels like to be truly to be excluded and outcast completely and totally. And yet he did this so that you would be united with him, that he would bind himself with you in baptism, that you would be bound with him in death, so that you would be bound with him in his glorious resurrection. And so now Christ has bound himself to you forever, and salvation here today is for you. Salvation is for all. So Jesus, you know, he has a thing for excluded people, for overlooked people, for the outcasts in society. Salvation is for all. Jesus' house is a house of prayer for all. No one is excluded. All are welcome to receive the Lord's gifts. No matter how small, no matter how great, no matter how poor, no matter how rich, whether you're uneducated or you're educated, people from every tribe, language, and nation will be before the throne of the Lamb on the last day. God's vision of salvation is grand, grander than what we could ever imagine. And he has called us out of the nations. He has revealed himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And through Christ, he has redeemed us from sin, death, and the devil. And through Christ, he has bound us to his son. 
We are called to bear the identifying marks as, as those who are bound to the Son, to have identifying marks as those who are God's people. And, and Isaiah here identifies a few of those marks here in verse 6 of our reading, if you wish to follow along. So that first there in verse 6, that first mark there is that God's people will serve God. That when God binds himself to his people, they will serve him. They will delight in his commandments. They will love God with all their heart and with all their soul and with all their might. And they will love their neighbors as themselves. And God calls you to the service through the doctrine of vocation. God has called you uh, to service through the relationships he has put you in. Father, mother, son, daughter, brother, sister, friendships, and yes, even our occupations. These are all callings that the Lord has given to, uh, to you to make his light known to the nations. There are all flashpoints in which we serve our neighbor and make God's love manifest in the world. As Christians, we know that, that this world is under the present evil age and this deep darkness and loneliness that plagues our society. In these places where you serve, you shine God's bright light into the darkness. And God promises that his light will never be overcome by the darkness. Next in verse 6, another mark is that they will love the Lord's name. We love the Lord's name primarily by not taking the Lord's name in vain, but more than that, by loving uh, the Lord's name, we love and cherish the Lord's name because the Lord's name has power. It contains, his name contains salvation. Pastor Copeland began our service today in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We begin service uh, by invoking God's name and his power to forgive sins and that God saves us from our sins and grants to us eternal life. That is the mighty power of God's name for us. And that we are to always give prayer, praise, and thanks for all that God has done for us through his beloved Son. And to cherish that name that saves us from sin and death. But another mark of God's people is that they keep the Sabbath. That is, that Sabbath rest in light of the New Testament simply means to hear God's word. This means to not despise the preaching or gathering together, but to gather together, to hear God's word, and to receive his gifts of word and sacrament. And, and this, this gathering together is for the mutual aid of Christians, for encouragement in worship. We are better together when we are receiving the Lord's gifts. I mean, think of times in service, right, when the pews are fuller and the singing is louder, right? It helps to dispel the loneliness that is endemic in this world that we have now. And, and we want to share that with people, right? We want to share that good news with people uh, and invite friends who do not know Christ because we want to share that Sabbath rest and peace with them, right? For those who do not know Christ, do not know that true peace that Christ brings to souls. I mean, there's so much out there in the world to be anxious about. And when we invite people to worship, we invite them to share that Sabbath rest of God. You know, Christ calls on them to come to him in Matthew. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
And finally, in verse 6, Isaiah proclaims that God's people will hold fast to his covenant. And we hold fast to God's covenant by, by keeping fast to the promises of Jesus Christ. This means we hold fast to the beans of grace that God has bestowed upon us, baptism in the Lord's Supper. God promises that through these means of grace, he gives to us the forgiveness of our sins. Hold fast to them. Do not neglect them. Remember your baptism. Receive the Lord's Supper. And in the Lord's Supper, especially, we're reminded that there are no cliques in the church, right? When we all come together before the table, we are confessing together our unity as Christians, that we are of one mind, one body, one doctrine together. And if something is separating us from our neighbor, seek reconciliation with your neighbor and forgiveness where needed so that we can all receive the body and blood of our Jesus in unity together. We hold fast when we stand firm in front of this altar, receiving God's good gifts of mercy and forgiveness. God calls on us to remain faithful as he continues to remain faithful to us in all things. God says to us today, for soon my salvation will come and my righteousness be revealed. The message saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. That message is for all peoples. Christ alone is the source of all salvation. Yet sadly, there are many people who live in darkness and they will reject this gift of salvation. Rather than being united in Christ and his righteousness, they will bind themselves to themselves and to their sin. They'll try to save themselves rather than trusting in the one who was sent to save us. And you know, we see the results out in the culture, right? As church attendance decreases, what's increasing? Loneliness and anxiety. You know, people no longer have certainty in this world. You know, and, and it's probably most, you know, seen when we look down in our cell phones, right? In our cell phones, we're all siloed off isolated from from the world right yet christ calls on us today to instead of looking down at your cell phones to look up to the heavens to look to him to see where all good things come from lift up your hearts and receive the promised salvation from ancient of days christ has come to save us from sin and death salvation is for all and on that last day when the lord descends from heaven we will look to heaven and see our Lord descend in glory to judge the living and the dead. And on that day, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When that day comes, may we be found faithful. And when we found, be found faithful, we will receive the Lord's coming with great joy. You know, I'm just reminded here of our opening hymn, and I'd like us to sing that first verse together to remind us where that salvation comes from. Salvation and that joy that we have as Christians, that salvation comes through Christ alone. Let's open up your bulletins back to the uh, opening page of our service.
Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in one true faith unto life everlasting. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.